Hi, Kevin Murphy here. You're listening to Conversations with Kevin, a show about innovation, creativity, product and purpose. It contains all the ingredients that make up what Kevin Murphy is and what we stand for. So I'm Kevin Murphy and this is Conversations with Kevin. Welcome to Conversations with Kevin. I'm Nathan Gorman and today we have a very special guest here for you, a curl specialist, a gymnast turned hairstylist, Haya Rodriguez. Welcome, Haya. Hi, hi, welcome. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited. Oh, you're so welcome. We're going to unpack lots of stuff about you today. Now, Sarah Lund is here. So hi, Sarah. Always such a pleasure to be on the podcast. This is going to be a really kind of casual chat and we're going to have some fun. But we're going to unpack lots of things about curl and brands because, you know, to my eye, there is no one like Hire out there in the marketplace. Now, Hire, would you like to actually let us know where you are in the world? Um, because our listeners are all around the world right now. Yes, gladly. Um, I am based in Dallas, Texas. Um, that's where my base is. That's where my salon is. And I travel to New York and L.A., about every six to eight weeks and I just recently added Atlanta to the list so um, I'm kind of moving around but Dallas is my base. Amazing. Um, can you also tell the listeners where on social media we can find you? Yes um, on Instagram my Instagram is gethaya uh, g-e-t-h-a-i-y-a um, tiktok um, it is hercurls.studio um, and that's about it yeah just going to jump on the Hurl Curls name. Um, can you tell us, the listeners, how you came up with that as the name of your salon or the name of your brand? Yeah, um, actually, so Her, H-E-R, are my initials. Um, so I just kind of put it together. It was like Her Curls, and it kind of just fit. Um, I always thought it was really cool when I was young when I realized that my initials spell Her, and I'm a girl. So I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not just for girls, obviously it's for everyone, men, women, everyone. So, um, but yeah, that's how I came up with that. I actually did a little bit of research on you and I saw that you use the term and I quite like it cause it's quite, you know, camp and as a queer guy here, you use the term curl friend. Yeah. Like curl friends just kind of like one day just naturally just came out of me and I was just like, Oh, it's like girlfriends. But then I was like, Oh, curl friends. And it mm. just, from there it kind of continued and it just fit and it's just been fun. We all know, like I actually, you know, in my salon or you get aficionados of, of clients or people that have curly hair. Once people realize that you actually know how to navigate cutting curly hair or styling or unlocking its natural, kind of beauty then really it never ends does it yeah no for sure it's a journey it's definitely a journey i think that's why we call it a curl journey because it really is a journey from whether it's transitioning from you know past whether we were relaxing it or straightening it and pressing it or you know mm. just that transition and it's definitely a journey it takes time i wish you could just snap your fingers and just get those you know but it takes time you have to work through it and um you kind of build a relationship with it Sure. And unlocking not only of your natural texture, but of yourself in a way. Definitely. And it's a way to express yourself and show off your, the way you want to wear your hair, um, you know, for so long. Mm. Curly hair and textured hair was so, you know, kind of considered unprofessional or intimidating mm -hmm. or all these, you know, negative kind of perspective on it. And um, it's actually, I think that's why it makes it so beautiful is that people are getting to wear it and they're doing it and they're doing it unapologetically, you know, to the point that mm -hmm. now I think, 
you know, we have laws that have passed that you can't discriminate on hair, you know? And so that's really interesting that that's happening and people are just kind of taking a stand for that. So I really, mm. I really love being part of that. Yeah. I mean, Sarah, I think that maybe you and Haya can unpack that a bit more for the global audience as well, because I, I do know personally about the Crown Act and all of those things in, in North America, but if we have someone listening in the UK or here in Australia. Yeah, so the Crown Act was was passed to help protect, in, in some states, men and women with curly and textured hair from being discriminated against, like particularly at their workplaces. Um, wearing protective hairstyles, wearing their hair natural, wearing hair in certain ways. Um, they could be fired, they could be forced to wear their hair in a different way at work, uh, things like that. So it's a way to actually protect people from you know what they naturally have or actually want to express themselves. So, Haya, you touched on a few things before. You mentioned the word pressing. What is actually that? Like all of these things sound like forcing hair to submit. Yeah, there's just different words and terminologies. It's like flat ironing your hair or pressing your hair, whether it's a flat iron or a hot comb. And the damage takes a long time to kind of unpack. Definitely. I mean, after, of course, after years of doing something like that and putting direct heat to your hair, you're going to definitely have damage due to the heat. So originally it doesn't go from you do it one time and boom, it's straight, but it does affect the curl. And the more you keep doing it, I always say it's kind of like if you have a sprained ankle and you don't let it heal and you just continue going on it, you're going to eventually break it. Um, mm. So I, it's kind of the same thing with your hair. You're you're doing something that you consistently keep doing that is going to eventually lead to some kind of effect, you know? Yeah. You are the best at metaphors. Actually doing my research about <laughs> you reading your articles, metaphors come very naturally to you. Um, oh, some yes. Other, yeah, some other notes I, I, you know, took. You have a very unique way of approaching curl. Would you like to kind of outline that for listeners? Yeah, I, um, I feel like for me, everything is definitely self-taught. And um, I can kind of give you like, so when I, I've been doing this for nine years now. Um, and when I first started, I actually had a client that came to me and she wanted her hair cut and she had curly hair and she didn't. She wanted it shaped. She specifically told me, you know, I want to get shaped to it. Um, I wear it curly and I always wear my hair curly. And at the time it was, I always wore it really big and long. And um, yeah. I would cut it myself when it was curly and dry and just kind of see the shape of it. And so whenever she came to me, I just felt like, okay, why it doesn't make sense for me to cut it straight if she wants a shape or wet, because again, the curls are going to do different when they're dry. So I totally made it up. It was my first time ever doing it on anyone. I, she had no idea, but I faked it till I made it. And um, <laughs> I did it. And after that, um, she actually posted a video on YouTube talking about her haircut experience. And it went viral. And that kind of started the whole journey for me. Um, and so since that, I more people started coming and working with different textures and trying different products and learning it and seeing what it does when you use certain things or, you know, how you cut it and everything just kind of, for me, it, it was, I didn't know it was going to get to this point. I just kind of was doing it. And I remember that first year, I just was like so focused on learning and figuring out mm. my technique for it. And mm. um, since then, it's just now it's, I, I discovered it was like a whole niche and something that came very natural for me. And 
um, I've been doing it since. So it's been a cool journey. Yeah, I think this this um, whole conversation, though, I think raises a really big point about the fact that that when you want to learn curly hair as a hairdresser, you do kind of have to be self-taught, unfortunately. Mm, yeah. um, and mm. I think, you know, we're slowly seeing movements and changes and petitions and things happening. But like, you know, I mean, I know for myself and I don't know, I'd ask you, like we weren't really, I learned how to do a relaxer in beauty school, but that was as far as my curly hair knowledge sort of got. Yeah, they don't teach you anything in cosmetology school as far as how to actually wear it. It's more about mm. how to straighten it, how to relax it, how to do everything mm. but embrace it. Um, so yeah, it is. I think a lot of stylists now, it's a lot of it's self-taught and you are seeing now you know, people doing classes and online classes, and you're seeing more of that education definitely happening, which is an amazing thing. Um, but for people that started this before, it was like you're kind of just figuring it out. Yeah. Sure. I mean, and even that kind of that, that whole concept of like taking, you know, curly to coily hair and and stretching it really tight with your fingers and cutting it wet. I mean, it doesn't make yeah. any sense not to nurture and not to actually unlock and I think that's part of the the point that you actually make there's a lot of kind of around the world and I know in the UK and in parts of Europe and here in Australia there there is a lot of movement around teaching uh, how to navigate textured hair and actually you know understanding that concept and I think that that's a really big call to action as well you know for people around around the world I remember the days of fashion week like Sarah would as well where we used to turn up and we had to turn everyone into the same person, regardless of the color of their skin or the texture of their hair. And some of the things that we had to do to achieve that thing that seems really old fashioned, but it meant that we simply didn't have people with the skill sets on our teams in the beginning, did we, Sarah? Yeah, we didn't. And thankfully we're seeing changes in that and we're seeing movement Mm. in that. I mean, sometimes, but unfortunately it's still slow moving i think it's not happening as fast as it needs to yeah yeah i I definitely have seen that as well and you see it of course on social media like you know girls that are at fashion week and you would think there's the top of the top stylist and all the things and you have you see these videos of like their hair looks horrible like Mm -hmm. like no one that even knew what they were doing Mm. um And so, yeah, I mean, it's a, you are seeing more of it, but there is still, so it's a transition I think that we're going through. Another line that I loved of yours, Haya, was from a community to a movement. What does that mean to you? Um, I feel like it was definitely a, a movement. I think for me, I, when I first started doing this, to me, I was just doing curly hair, I was just doing hair, but I realized over the years that it's literally has been a whole movement over time. and seeing um, everything evolve when it comes to curly hair. It's been really, really cool to see that, but it's definitely a movement and now it's, it's not it's not a trend, it's here to stay, you know? Sure, yeah. and, and I, I'm sorry if I look like um, listeners can't actually see this, but I think your dog has a pink tail. He does. <laughs> <laughs> oh my he does. God. He, yeah, he, um, I took him to get groomed and he came back. He was actually red and it's faded to pink now, but it's I still there. I love him. I love <laughs> him. So good. That's so good. Yeah, I, I like that, you, you know, even making sure that eliminating the word, word trend and moving it to like it, using the word movement, I think that that's really mm. important because it's 
for me in, in education and speaking with hairdressers, I think one of the things is it's like knowing curly hair is a non-negotiable anymore. Mm-hmm. I think even, you know, just coming off the back of Miami Swim Week and Miami Swim Week to me is one of the most diverse fashion weeks that that we have that's out there when it comes to hair type, hair texture, body size, height, everything. It's so diverse there. Mm-hmm. And a requirement to be on my team is that you know how to work with curly hair. Um, so it, the, it ranges, the ability and skill level ranges, but everyone needs to be able to approach a person with curly hair and every single person, no matter what their texture is, sits down in the chair. For sure. I definitely agree with that. I think it's like, at this point, it's, you should, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be your niche, but it definitely has to be something that you have that knowledge, um, because mm. at the end of the day, it's still hair. Seeing that you use the word texturism and I love it. So what's that to you? I felt like you you hear people, I've heard it so many times, you know, oh well, you have good curls, or I don't have I don't I don't have the good curls like that or this. And it's like, no, at the end of the day, it's all beautiful. It's mm-hmm. but embracing it. And um so I feel like that for me was just like no, like embracing all of it. And I've always very much let it be known that I do every texture. It's not just yep. one. And I, I try to be, you know, a little bit more intentional about posting those things and showing off from the ter- the texture that someone might think like, oh, like I didn't know that that hair, my hair could do that and it looks like that. Um, yeah. So it's really neat to see that. And, um, but yeah, texturism is a real thing. <laughs> yeah. It's mm-hmm. a real thing. I'm trying to let's mm-hmm. change that mindset of people of seeing it as like, no, it's all the same. It's okay. Yeah, that yeah. some hair is seen as more than and some hair is seen as, as less than. Like, I mean, Sarah knows that my personal vendetta at Kevin Murphy is to remove the word frizz from any curl product we have, actually. Yes. And, and while we appreciate that there's such a thing as styling frizz, some hair is, you know, and it's just an ugly word and an ugly way of looking at it. And I, I think that texturism is alive and well i love that i'm yeah. um, rounding it out stop texturism <laughs> yeah stop it now <laughs> so um kind of moving on with some of the things that you like that you talk about in your business when you talk about conscious haircuts can you explain sort of what it means i think it's just about being conscious about how you're doing it so you're listening to your client you're they're coming in they're telling you your traumas or like what their past hair experiences has been really listening to them and what they have to say and making them feel at ease um, because there's a lot of trauma behind uh, hair and curly hair and growing mm. up, so many stories of how people, you know, their stories of different things and they've gone to the salon and someone came and just tried to, you know, comb it or, you know, things and just had no knowledge mm. on it. So mm. um, I think that that's the, the conscious part about it is just knowing that. And of course, listening to their needs and what they want. Yeah. I think that, there, one thing that I've learned um, with curly hair, especially as a person who has like very, very stick straight hair. So when it comes to a client or a model or, or whatever it is, like I actually need to prove myself to them um, by being conscious and listening. And, mm. and so, yeah, it's always important to you like that I've learned just I have to remove myself and my feelings out of this and just say like, how, like, how can I help you? And I find people when they they don't know how to do curly hair, they're always afraid to ask the client. Um, we have no problem saying to you know a fine haired client, "How well does your whole hair hold curl?" Like 
how how does it stay during the day and things like that and it's it's that same rule that applies with curly hair on like how does your hair respond to water does it like moisture does it like protein you know like asking those questions definitely uh, i um i've experienced also with myself especially not as much now but earlier on when i first started like i would have clients sit down and look up at me and say do you know how to do my hair do you know how to do my kind of hair and mm-hmm. for me it was I had to like know that that's coming from a trauma, you know, that they've had. So they're like, yeah. you know how to do my kind of hair and I yeah. try not to take offense to it. But sometimes in my head, I might be like, well, why, why'd you come then? You know, but like, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you saw the work, you know, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely experienced that. And um, just knowing that it comes from a place of trauma and so not taking it personally, but right. Sure. No, it's not about you. Yeah. yeah, like you said, like, you know, you have to kind of prove yourself. And I think it's been, you know, nine years now. So I, I feel like I've proven myself now that I don't get those questions. But I definitely did have that. That did happen yeah. in the beginning. Yeah, yeah for sure. sure. When it comes to your cutting methodology, like how, how does the cu- cutting process work or how does the appointment sort of work when they come into the salon? Um, for me, it always starts with the consultation, of course, and we figure out the plan, what we want. Um, and then cutting, I dry cut every client. Um, every client is always done dry. And I, after I cut it, then I go wash it. We do deep conditioning treatment, the steamer, like all the good hydrating things and then we go back style it and again do little detail stuff at the end and it's pretty simple it's pretty it's not anything you know too complex um Mm. yeah i have everyone come in with their hair in its natural state um no product in it this way i can see what it's doing without anything again with my uh, analogy i always say like it's kind of like when you go get a facial you're not going to show up with makeup on like you're gonna you're gonna with your skin there so that they can really see what's going on so same thing I think that's a really huge point is having them come in, you know, hair dry, no product, like, because that alone is also a lot, sometimes really hard for people to like, yeah. I have to walk in the house like this, but it's like, yeah. but you, a lot of times I think they don't even notice what their hair can actually do without applying always so, so much product. So sometimes I tell my clients, if you're at home and you know, you're just going to be there when you wash your hair, don't even put product in it. Maybe put a little bit of a leave-in and just let it be, let it breathe, give it like, just see what it's even doing because yeah. we're so accustomed to putting things so you never actually see what your hair can actually do without anything. Yeah, and, I mean, in the stalking of you on your website, I love it. You're like, hair prep, clean shampoo to tangle. Hair must be freshly washed the morning of your appointment. Hair must be all down, completely dry, allowing your hair to set naturally. Do not pin, pull, tie, or push down tightly, stretches the curls. I, you're absolutely my spirit animal. This is amazing that you actually yeah. do that. Well, I've and- definitely <laughs> over the years have learned that you have to make sure that you make it a point and you have to kind of reiterate it and because, yeah. you know, yeah. it, you have to be specific. And and I think that like, it's, it's also part of like, you're talking about the trauma that some people with like curly to coily hair have been through to start fresh and to look at everything with new eyes and as you said, in your talking about skincare, I think it makes complete sense. Now, your brand tone and voice is very strong and very clear and very unique. Uh, would you have any comments on that or is it just kind of happened naturally? 
Um, I would say it just kind of happened naturally. Um, I think it was the the whole, my whole business, I think, has just kind of happened naturally and organically as time has evolved. And, um, yeah, I think it's just kind of on its own. Just it just I just mm. I've done it as it goes and I've learned. And so that's why I think I've now have those things in place, because over the years I have gone through a lot of ex- different experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And I think actually, you know, you touched on this in the beginning, but hi, I think for listeners, can you outline this multi-city tour that you do? The fact that you have uh, salon, salons, I'm not too sure. Um, and then if you could finish, this is a lot, but I love how you tell them how to book as well. That would be my dream. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, um, I uh, do... Dallas is my salon, and then in New York and L.A., I uh, rent out a space of wonderful salons over there as well. Um, and then Atlanta, and I, my tour I did last year, I did like a south kind of thing. So I did Houston, New Orleans, Atlanta, and Miami. Um, and so I did a pop-up in each city for a few days, um, and that was amazing too. That was really fun connecting with salon owners, stylists, and all of that, because in the salon in Dallas, I'm, I am kind of on my own. I, and mm. it's nice to branch out and get out of that bubble. And that's kind of the, one of the main reasons why I did it, because I wanted to kind of build that network of stylists, because I, again, I've been so in my little world that now I'm like mm. really trying to connect and teach and learn and, you know, all of that. So the tour was really fun. That was really nice. And, um, from the tour, Atlanta just has such a great response that that's why I added Atlanta to the list now. Mm, fantastic. Out there, there's lots of different methodologies around curly hair. There's things like the curly girl method. There's, you know, other kind of movements uh, around curl. Do you have anything to say about those? You know, like they say, don't use products without silicon, with silicon, or don't use alcohol, or don't use this, or don't use that. In fact, a lot of the methodologies, to be more clear, seem to be more based on what not to do rather than what actually to do. Right. Um, I would say um, I there are some things that, like, there's, like, the lock method, LOC, and mm-hmm. it's, like, you know, then there's different things like that. I don't really subscribe to that, I would say. I don't, I don't. I think that it's more about each person individually and their hair and figuring out what their mm. hair needs specifically. So I don't think that there's just one method for everyone or things like that. I I'm more of like let's see what's let's see what's working on your hair. Let's see what this does. Let's see what this and let's figure it out versus this is one method and that's it. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. I couldn't agree more with that cuz you know, every curl, every head of hair, curly head of hair is nuanced, right? Um, Definitely. Every curly head has a bunch of different curl patterns in it as well. You can find yeah. up to five, six different patterns in one person's head, which is mm. wild. But yeah. Mm. And even if some two people have similar texture, they might not even want the same result. So it's... Yep. I have always said curls are like zebra stripes. None of them are the same. Like, <laughs> exactly. no like there's similarities, but it's not the same. Like, yeah. There you go again. There's a book in this. I tell you now. <laughs> So I noticed a Marie Claire article um, where you contributed and that you said you treat hair care like skincare. So, of course, I'm going to push the Kevin Murphy agenda here because that's one of our biggest philosophies. But what are you can you outline that? Yeah, no, I first of all, I love that the skincare um, and because I, I use that analogy again, but 
you know, to me, it's it's literally like how you have your skincare routine that you do on a daily basis. And mm. with hair, for some reason, that gets lost and people mm. don't have like you want to have a hair care routine um, just the same way you, you know, treat your skin, the same way you want to treat your hair and have that and have that. You know, once you have your skincare routine down, you kind of know what works for you. You know, in the winter, if it's my skin is dry right now, you know, to add this or to implement that. So same with mm. your hair. I think it's like the same thing. You're learning like, okay, I, I'm not going to maybe use a gel in the winter because I'm not going to need it. I can use a cream or in the summertime, switch to a gel over a cream. Or if you're in the, you mm. know, different climates or how it just, just. It's amazing. Of, of course, the millennials on TikTok have named that hair cycling and now think they invented it. But it's actually <laughs> just about having a great kind of um, regimen. Okay, well, this is Conversations with Kevin, and I do know that you actually almost single-handedly sell the most units of killer curls out there. Um, so would you give a shout-out to any Kevin Murphy products? Yeah, you know, right now, uh, Killer Twirls is kind of, like, been my, my like, my staple with that. Like, I kind of start every styling everyone that I'm styling, I start off with that. And I really love that. I love that the moisture that it holds in the hair. So that's mm -hmm. kind of right now, I would say my go-to. Fantastic. Uh, love that. Like you said, everyone's unique. So whether you wash or whether you condition um, or co-wash, like how do you help clients navigate all of those kind of options as well? Um, I just kind of tell them what the, your typical, what you should be doing. So for me, like with my clients, I, you know, I usually recommend you want to shampoo and condition it every 10 to 14 days, at least every two weeks and co-wash every three to five days. Mm. Um, so that's kind of like, uh, like a standard I would say that I usually have for everyone. And, you know, you can, you know, what, maybe for one person it's five days one does every three days and that's okay so it's just figuring out what works for you it's great and as we kind of get towards the end of the podcast what would you actually say to people who are a little anxious about curly to coily hair and and really want to improve their skill set and want to improve you just know. get educated go if there's stylists that are offering um classes or anything, go to a class, invest in yourself, pay for it, go take a trip to wherever they may be, um, connect with people. And I just, just continue educating yourself, keep practicing it, keep, you know, if, if coily or kinky hair is kind of scary to you, then like get a model and be, be able mm. to free service and learn and practice. Um, so I think that that's really the best thing is just practice, get educated, go to all the classes you can get, learn, you're going to learn different methods when you go to different places. And you might pick up, even if you most likely will pick up at least one thing at each place that you go to and you'll be able to make it your own. Yeah. Fantastic. So um, on, on your website, you have this quote that I just thought was, I thought it was so incredible. It really sort of spoke to me, but I'll read it out loud for the listeners. And I just kind of want to ask you about it and ask what it means. But it's the stay unique and true to yourself. Remember, just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong. And just because you haven't seen it before, it doesn't mean it cannot work. Kind of, what does that mean? Where does it come from? I think that for me, it came from just how I started doing this in general. Like I never had seen it done. I've never, I didn't learn from anyone. And I just kind of picked it up and made it into something that is now what it is. But um, I think that, 
even me choosing to go to cosmetology school and my mom, of course, like, oh, hell no, like you need to go to college <laughs> and making those decisions and knowing like, no, there is something like I can see it. There is more than that, mm. you know, and my mom coming from Bolivia, of course, her she's mm. very like, you know, the traditional like you go to school and you have a secure job and this and that. And for me, I always saw like, no, like, who's doing these celebrities hair? Who's doing this? Like, I know that it's not just at supercuts nothing wrong with supercuts but you know i yeah. know that there is more and for her she only saw it in that way and so for me it was like no but i can see it being different and um so i think that's one of the things is i never saw anyone i didn't know anyone that did hair i didn't grow up around it um mm. and so it it's just something that i kept doing i was like if you have yeah. a teenager, it's possible like don't you can find your own way yeah, yeah I, f I feel like it just can speak to like the like hairdressers that are listening. I think it can speak to clients that are listening. I just yeah, I thought it was really good. It's there's no wrong or right. I always tell people like, try it, try different things. There is there is no right or wrong. Honestly, it's just yeah. at the end, the outcome, how it comes out, if they like it. There, there you go. <laughs> That's yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs> exactly. I love that. Well, thank you, Haya, for being here. So this has been Haya Rodriguez here get higher on uh, Instagram and really one of the most unique and talented individuals I've met in a very long time. Would you actually like to come back to conversations with Kevin one day? I would love to. This was so much fun. Thank you guys for having me. But yes, I'm, let me know when I'm here. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. And thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to be on here. This has been Conversations with Kevin. I'm Nathan Gorman. Till next time. <laughs>